to Eric Thurm Makes Merit K Watch Anime. I'm your co-host, Fanbyte Secretary of Anime, Eric Thurm. And I'm your co-host, Great Teacher Merit. Nice. You said you've been saying for a while you were going to give yourself a fun title. That's that's good. Yeah. Also, we should know because this is an audio medium that you're sort of you're doing the like. That's doing a cool pose. Yeah, you're doing a cool pose. I'm sort of doing a dab, but with peace signs almost. Yeah, so sort of a, a Josuke almost, just like a little See bit. that? I feel. Like, I mean, Josuke has like the peace sign. That's like a big part of his character design. Like the symbol. Not yeah, like yeah, yeah, the, I know, I know. Yeah. But, you know, you can sort of imagine if Josuke were to dab, that's how he would dab. Do it like that. Yeah. If Josuke dabbed, would he do it like this? Like this? Or like this, and then it just like sort of cuts and it's like the stand, like dab, you know? Wow, everybody loves the sort of relatable anime stuff we bring to this podcast every week that is not just about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Everybody loves it. Hello. Uh, did you finish watching Adoro Hidoro? Nope. Okay. Have you watched, uh, what other stuff have you been, been doing since, uh, our last recording? Have I watched anything since our last recording? I feel like maybe I watched more Baki, but I don't remember if that was before last week. Was, was this, uh, last I heard you were at the part where they're at the amusement park. Okay, yeah. No, I haven't watched any okay. more then. Um, I don't know if I even... I don't think I even like watched any TV really this week. You've been on a real uh, serious audio. You've been re- just producing the content. Some weeks you absorb it, some weeks you produce it. Yeah, and I've just been like listening to audiobooks, so those aren't. It's kind of like anime. Those aren't really anime. It's like anime. They're kind of like anime for your ears. <laughs> I want to get the the Dragon Ball Z novel adaptation of the movie on audiobook. That's just like. Richard Attenborough reading it like Goku was very frustrated. He's doing all the voices. He's and he he cried out to Frieza, Ka me ha me ha, and he's just like sort of like very polite, like all applause, like golf claps in the background. Um, I uh, in the last couple of days have watched. Uh, the entirety of Parasite the Maxim, uh, which we will probably do on the show at some point, so I won't say too much about it, other than... Sort uh, of like, can you tell us, like, maybe a general principle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna, a statement I'm gonna, that yeah, I'm is gonna, made by the show? Sure. Like, kind of like a maxim. Yeah, totally. It's sort of like a Kant thing, like the Parasite, so if you may okay. know from the show, the Parasite uh, is, like, his hand, the, the, this main character's hand... Uh, that becomes like a weird alien that has knives that come out of it. And he, uh, at some point the alien says, um, treat uh, humanity, whether in your own person or the person of any other, always at the same time as an end and never merely as a means. This and this anime team really, is like, wow. This bit is really taking a while to get there, huh? You, well, listen. I said it. I didn't, I didn't see that, I didn't see that hook coming. Uh, it took me a while to pull, I, having not read uh, Kant in many, many years, it took me a while to make that pull. Uh, and I'm embarrassed that I did it successfully. Anyway, uh, this is a show that is sort of a body snatchers thing, sort of is a, 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 like very nihilist in some ways. If you enjoy Devilman Crybaby, uh, I would say this will scratch the same itch in a lot of ways. Uh, pretty good. Aliens 
instead of demons. No, they're, it's unclear whether or not they're aliens. It, oh. se- it seems like... Uh, I don't want to spoil anything too much. I think they actually are not. We were the real aliens the whole time. That is a good summary of like a lot of dialogue in the show. Mm-hmm. It's just people being like... Like, okay, you know that dialogue scene in One Punch Man when the giant piccolo is like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Humans he- are a plague upon the earth. Yeah. I will destroy the mother nature birth me to give revenge. Uh, some people don't really know where, they, where the, the parasites come from, but that is like a, one of the theories. I see. And then that man gets punched in the face by the one punch man and explodes. Yes. Yeah. And then the earth gets destroyed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the parasites. Uh, yeah, so that's what I watched. I also attempted... Because I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot ever since I, I uh, got this two monitor set up. Uh, I did some reading and just like put Ghost in the Shell on mute on my monitor. Thought it would create a better reading environment. It did not. Very distracting. No, it wasn't even that distracting. It just, I mean, the, the color palette is very specific of that movie, you know? So just like every once in a while, you'll be like, oh, this is a really cool shot. And then otherwise, it's like, shit's real dark. Everything's very drab here. We have a lot of thoughts about the nature of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know who doesn't have a lot of exciting thoughts about the nature of the mind? Who is it? Uh, the protagonist of the show that we uh, did for this week's episode. That's uh, him. It is him. Uh, the show that we did this week uh, is great teacher Onizuka. Uh, what, if anything, did you know about this show going in? The first and only time I've ever heard about the show before I watched it was last week okay. on the podcast when uh, guest uh, Jason DeMarco Jason DeMarco mentioned it, and then you said you'd watched it, and I had no idea what it was about until like two days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this is a franchise. Uh, that last week's guest, Jason DeMarco, had recommended to me, like, two years ago, I think, um, around the time that I watched Assassination Classroom, which sort of has a, a, like, vaguely similar, like, criminal teacher premise. Um, And, you know, Jason, I would say, is a big fan and advocate for, like, older stuff, and uh, I haven't watched, I think, nearly as much older stuff as I would like, and so it's helpful uh, to get recommendations like that sometimes, and this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, um, and I'm excited to, to, uh, talk about it this week. It's really popular. It might not be as popular as it used to be, but I think it was, like, quite popular, uh, when it, when it was first released. There are, like, 50 episodes of this, too. There are quite, yeah, it's, like, 40-something episodes, yeah. Uh, and there are multiple live-action adaptations, which is interesting. Um... Which maybe we can talk about uh, in a little bit. Do we want to uh, do the formal introduction? Yeah, hit me. Okay. Great Teacher on Azuka. Based on the 1997 manga by Toru Fujisawa, Great Teacher on Azuka follows Eikichi Onizuka, a former biker gang member, Virgin, an unrepentant pervert who becomes a teacher at a private at a school in order to seduce his students. Uh, as grotesque as this premise originally is, because this is only the premise in episode one, Onizuka eventually finds himself in a dead poet society situation, uh, using unconventional teaching methods, his sense of justice, and some righteous suplexing to become a surprisingly talented teacher. 
The anime series, directed by Noriyuki Abe and produced by Studio Piero, aired on Fuji TV from June of 1999 through September 2000. Um, and, uh, I was, was thinking about whether or not I wanted to, to sort of, like, put something in before we do our first, uh, impressions, but I'm, like, more curious what your impressions are. I should say, uh, before we get started, we watched, or you watched the first two episodes, because episode one is, like, 48 minutes or whatever. It's, like, a two-parter. Uh, and also that we watched the dub. Well, actually, episode two, I watched the sub. Whoa! So I mixed well, it up a little, little bit. A little bit of research. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. In the first, like, I would say 20 minutes of watching the show, I was just like, why are we doing this? This sucks. And it's, like, really uncomfortable. And it's just about this guy who wants to do a pedophilia. Um... I don't think this is a show I would have, like, found on my own, uh, but it gets better pretty quickly. Like, within the first episode, my impressions of it turned around. Um, it just does really start with this guy being, like, he's, like, he, he's not like, I want to be a teacher someday, right? Like, he just runs into a friend who's like, I'm a student teacher, uh, and you get to do lots of pedophilias, and he's like, oh, that sounds great. And so he becomes a student teacher. And, um... The timeline of these episodes also is extremely weird. But we, we'll seems like later. he goes from just deciding that it was his life's dream to be a teacher, like, that morning, to, like, getting a student teacher job that afternoon, and then, like, getting a full-time job the next day. There, There is no sense of time on the show, and I appreciate that a lot. So, it adds yeah. to the sitcom vibe. He is this weird doofus who's, like... Like, kind of cool. Like, he's introduced as if he's, like, a really cool guy because, like, these two, like, hoodlums, these toughs, these brigands. There are so many hoodlums in this show. It's a hoodlum-heavy show, I'll say that. Well, okay, he, is he introduced as cool? I don't know, because the first thing he does when he's introduced is he's looking up an escalator at these, like, high school girls' underwear. Uh, and then these two guys, like, approach him and are like, you're being a pervert. And uh, he punches through an ATM, I think? Yes, I believe that's correct. And then beats them up, and so he is capable of punching through steel. Uh, he's very, very strong. He's very strong. He's not, like, huge. He's, like, just, like, an anime... Pre okay, what, who he reminds me of is, like, if Reagan were, like, really buff... Yes, that is, that's like, kind like of the he, And he, he looks more normal, yes. yeah, it yeah, would yeah, be, yeah. like, this guy. Sure. Um, Reagan from uh, Mob Psycho 100, of course. So yeah, he's like introduced as like this pervert who's a very strong pervert. He's a, he is a very strong pervert. And uh, yeah, and then he just immediately meets up with his friend who's a student teacher and like, hey, Onizuka, I, I hooked up with six of my, my high school students last year. And he's just like, wow, you had sex with them? And he's like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no. Um, <laughs> I'm going to jail. No. Um, but he, honestly, is he doing anything at this point? Like, does he have a job? Or is no. he just like, he is like 22 years old. He used to be in a gang. He's like not anymore. He wears like a suit everywhere. Yeah, so I can, I can introduce uh, the character a little bit. 
So GTO is like by far the most successful series about this character, uh, but it's not the first. Originally, the mangaka wrote uh, the series Shonan Junagumi, which is like about him and his friend like being in this gang. Wait, what? This is like this is this is an established character. Yeah, this was an. I mean, not. I don't think there there was not an anime, but this was right. an established manga character. Wow. Okay, yeah. that changes it a lot. So, like, you know all those uh, all those scenes where he's, like, reminiscing about the yeah. girl days where he has, like, a sick pompadour and stuff? I don't know for sure because I haven't read the manga, but I'm pretty sure those are scenes from the so, original Okay, manga. that's very odd. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, no, this shows now it's about him being a teacher because then it becomes, like, a long-running sitcom of, like, these are, like, the early... It's like when Boy Meets World goes to college. Um... Or it's like if Dead Poets Society, if the first half of the movie was just about Robin Williams, like as like a young twenty-something, just like saying Neon Genesis, Evangelion. yeah, just like being a biker gang guy, and then the second half of the movie, he's just like, I'm gonna be an inspiring teacher now. Yes, That's so weird. I think it's good. It's very weird, and like we could talk more about the mangaka in a little bit. Um, I think it rules. It's like very funny. Uh, that this is what he decided to do with this character. There's also a second uh, Onizuka manga that came out a little bit before GTO uh, called Bad Company, which is about how he got his motorcycle. It's like an origin story for his motorcycle. That's the other thing. He loves his motorcycle. Um, because he was original, and he was originally in this motorcycle gang, uh, Onibaku, or Demon Explosion. Also, great name for a gang. Um... Yes, but like he Wait, is that why Bakugo is called Bakugo? Yeah. Wow. He's the, he's the he's the explodey guy. Uh and yeah, and I so I don't know where the original series ends. It's possible that it ends at a point of like being like, maybe he'll become a teacher. But I do think uh that one of the big themes, especially in these early episodes, is like about making choices and moving on with your life and sort of like figuring out what to do with yourself when you can't, uh, like, make the same decisions that you did as a youth. Which is amusing because there is currently a sequel, a, a sequel series uh, that has been running since 2014. Uh, so much for, for moving on with your life. Uh, that series is called The Great Teacher Onizuka Paradise Lost. And I believe... So it would be very good, actually, if the premise of that was that he was, like, in hell, like, he died at the end of GTO, and was, like, teaching demons, that actually would be very good, and I would love for uh, Toru Fujisawa to call me, because now that I think about that, that would be sick, but it actually, it is a, about, I believe, him teaching a class full of celebrity, of teen celebrities, which is also pretty good, uh, but just, like, very different from uh, demons. I... I, I wish I knew every media that used Paradise Lost as a subtitle, because it's always very funny. Oh, um, uh, like, like what? Well, there's also a Mega Man X game that has a subtitle. <laughs> Mega Man X 8 Paradise Lost. Sure. Like, but I do fucking love the idea of, like, this fucking sitcom using this, like, Milton reference that's very good. Uh, yes, it's extremely good. Um, do you want to go more into the, um, into the show, or do you want to talk about the manga a little bit? 
I have like a couple things I want to sort of drop on you. Hit me. Okay. So there's not a ton of information about uh, Toro Fujisawa. Uh, a lot of what I am going to talk about comes from this one big interview um, that was released, I believe, in a DVD with the anime. Uh, so that's him doing an interview with this very weird guy from, I believe, Tokyo Pop. Um, and I will show you photos of both of these gentlemen momentarily. Uh, but it's pretty interesting. He basically talks about, you know, he grew up in Hokkaido uh, and moved to Tokyo at 17. And he doesn't quite get into this as much, but it seems pretty clear that uh, a lot of the Onizuka character is based on him, like, a little bit. And he, he like, tries to play it off. Um, but I think that's very difficult to do when he looks like this. <laughs> can you bear, can you describe what you're seeing right now for the, for the uh, listeners? Kind of like a cool guy with, like, cool small sunglasses and, like, blonde hair in, like, a denim shirt. And is that a turtleneck under? I believe it is a turtleneck under. And just kind of as an expression that's just like, yeah, I know I'm a cool guy. He also, you're not seeing it in this uh, uh, still, but he smokes a lot of cigarettes over the course of this interview. That makes sense. Uh, and and would you say that any of those things are in any way substantially different than the description of Odazuka? No, that's he doesn't wear sunglasses very often, but otherwise. But he does have he wears you know yeah. oh no he does wear glasses. Okay, so I guess that that's the main difference. Um, but still, there's sort of a lot going on in there. Uh, and he, he... <sighs> okay. So, he, one of the things he talks about that I want to, we'll, like, get into in the show, is he talks about how a lot of Japanese punks are actually really shy, mm -hmm. uh, because they feel really insecure, and, like, they basically lash out by, like, pretending to be confident. Sure. And I, I would say that is, like, the core of Onizuka as a character, um, and I, I think is, like, probably the right way to take into this kind of character if you're gonna, like, make him the protagonist. Um, and he, he says a lot of interesting stuff. You, I would recommend watching this interview if you're into the show and, like, maybe enjoy uh, listening to Makaka talk about their work. Um, but more importantly, I want to sort of briefly mention the guy from Tokyo Pop who is doing this interview. Because, first of all, he does a lot of things where he's like, this is more of a comment than a question. This is sort of my take on your work. And then just, like, sits there. More importantly, they at one point are having a conversation about when uh, Fujisawa went to New York. And he was like, oh, they told me not to go on some of these side streets because I was, like, worried they were going to do a crime to me. And this guy from Tokyo Pop uh, says goes on about how he would respond to an unhoused person mugging him. And his response is, would you want to guess the phrase that he says? That's sort of his code for, like, I am tougher than this uh, unhoused person. I'll fuck them up, or just, like, something he, like that. He says, he says he would respond to them by saying, I'm out, man. What? I'm out, man. I'm out. <laughs> it's confidence. It makes sense. It's, he's out, man. I don't know what to tell he's you. Like he's like, I'm leaving. Bye. He's leaving. Sorry. Uh, can, I, can I show you what this gentleman looks like? Yeah. He looks like that. 
Okay. Do you want, do you want to describe this gentleman? Um, like he's got like a goatee and like not very cool glasses and what looks like one of those hats. Yep, it is. That's like flat on the top, but it has a cap. It's like a page pool, yeah. Yeah, it's like a cap, but it's not cool unless you're like an old Italian man. He is not an old Italian man. Yeah. Just a lot of very weird stuff going on. He clearly is just like extremely, he, he literally ends the interview by being like, Fujisawa sensei, we should collab. And Fujisawa is wow. like, totally, that sounds great, I'll call you. I'll call you, hey, please get away from the psychopath. Uh, it's, so, at least for that, it's like very funny to watch. Um, Noriyuki Abe, the director of the series, uh, has worked a ton in the industry. Uh, he was the primary director, and largely with Piero, he was the primary director on Bleach, Tokyo Mew Mew, Flame of Rekka, he was the chief director on uh, fan favorite Boruto uh, for the first oh, hundred odd episodes. Yeah, we've. I mean, as ever, as longtime listeners will know, we every week we uh, make time for Boruto's corner yeah, Boruto. to talk about what Boruto is up to. You keep saying Boruto. I believe it's Borto. Oh, sh- you're right. I'm. Like, I'm so sorry to like the fans. Borto. Yeah, Borto. Um, we we often talk about Borto and his adventures. And we often, we are always talking We're always talking about Borto's Adventures. Adventures. Uh, which is, it's what the show's called now. Borto's Adventures. Adventures. That's stupid. <laughs> it's the sequel show. It's to to Borto's Adventures. Borto's Adventures. Fist of the Norto. Uh-huh. Uh, which is very, very good. Uh, and most importantly, Abe uh, was the primary director on Yu Yu Hakusho which is oh. one of my favorite series of all time. Um, a lot of hooligan crossover. Yes, he really is good at hooligans. I would say that the Kuwabara model of like, you know, you have this gang punk character who has a cool pompadour and a very ridiculous face, but is extremely goofy. What is the like corresponding haircut in American culture around the same time? That signifies, like, just badass. In the 80s? Is it just, like, a shaved head? I hope not, because that's more like, oh, I'm, like, maybe kind of a Nazi. Well, Nazis, skinheads stole it from anarchists. But, because pompadours were a thing in the U.S. in the 50s. Yeah, but not in the same way. Not not in the same thing. Way, exactly. And it's just really interesting to me that that became, like, the... The, if you're in like a Bosuzuku gang, yeah. then you're like, oh, you gotta have a pompadour. Don't uh, make fun of my hair or my stand will kill you. Which is, I mean, it's true. So, oh, you know what I bet it would be? Like a fucking kick-ass mullet. Oh. Oh, maybe. Yeah, mullet in the 80s, is that the... I think that's the right time. Okay. Just like a fucking cool mullet. Like not a late mullet, like a cool one. A really serious moment. Although I also feel like, and obviously there's like a lot of different ways to think about this, but I feel like broadly speaking, teen media that is sort of like from that time, I think, is not about this subclass of teen, you know? Uh-huh. Like, this type of teen 
as we sort of like often, as we learn early in the show, it's like often people who are working class and are sort of like pushed into making the choices that they make for like societal reasons. And I feel like the, the broadest possible version of the 80s American teen narrative is like nerds versus jocks, which is like not what this is, I don't think. Mm. I don't know, does that, does that scan? Well, I was really just asking about the hair more than anything. Oh. Well, okay, so nobody has mullets. That's what I'm saying. I see. Nobody in Back to the Future has a mullet. Nobody oh. in uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds has a mullet. I don't think anybody in Goonies, although the Goonies are not teens, but they don't yeah. have mullets. They're terrible. Um, none of the Ghostbusters have, have mullets. So these They're are all teens. upstanding citizens, is what you're saying. The, you, sorry, did you just say the Ghostbusters are teens? Yeah, that was the whole point. They unleash the, the de-aging ghost that turns them, or the, the aging ghost. They have like reverse, it's like reverse Benjamin Buttons, where they get old. You, see, you know. See, what you're describing, like, probably, probably is an episode of the Ghostbusters cartoon. Like, almost certainly there's an episode where a ghost makes them into, like, children again or something. Please link us to that episode if it's real. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, thank you to the longtime listener of the show, Dan Aykroyd. Really appreciate you supporting us. Love your winery. Yeah, really good stuff. Um... Uh, but but that archetype, I think, is like a big, obviously like a big part of Abe's work, and it is a big part of the show. Um, and I I I don't know, like, how did that scan to you? Because I I think I mean it's been a couple of years since I watched the show, but I think it actually does, on the whole, a decent job. I think in the way that it talks about class and in the way that it thinks about like working. Well, so, like, really the only episode that I've watched that, I don't know, like, the first episode, I don't really feel like there's that much class commentary. The second episode, there's, like, very explicit. No, the first episode, the whole end of the the first episode is that, like, rich girl. Oh, yeah. her, her, like, she spends all that time talking about how uh, the reason that her family is unhappy is because they're rich. because they're rich. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um... And then in the second episode... And, and well, I, I don't, I don't want to step on it, but I, I do want to say, like, the huge turning point in that episode is when she throws out the sushi. Oh, yeah. Which That's is, like, a huge class thing for Onizuka. Yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. She, she has all of this, like, really fancy sushi sent to the house and then just throws it away. She throws out primo maki. Yeah, and yeah. Onizuka is furious. Yeah. As he should be. He's trying to eat out of the garbage can like a George Costanza. Um... I would say Onizuka has like light anime. He, he's got light like Costanza. Just a, a dusting, a yeah. dusting of Costanza. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's like a just this like working class dude who is sort of like a dropout of society almost. Like when he starts off, he's not really doing anything. Um, like he doesn't. Again, like, I haven't read the manga, but I guess he's probably just, like, hanging around and, like, doing odd jobs or something. And then he's like, oh, I could be a teacher, huh? Okay, I guess I'll do that, because it's a good way to meet girls Mm -hmm. who are six years my junior. Um, Thankfully, yeah, that stops fairly quickly. And, like, there's this whole thing in the first episode where that aforementioned rich girl does... Well, he ends up, like, taking her to his place because she's like, I'm sad because my parents are always, like, abusive to me or whatever. Um, 
I don't want to stay there anymore. And he's like, okay. And then is like, there's this gag in the background where she's like cooking something and he's like putting out this, like the bed and then like puts on a wolf costume, mm -hmm. which is like, he's like, oh, we're going to have sex. Time to put on the wolf costume. I mean, you know, that's what my mom and dad told me. I, I um, did not find anything strange. And, uh, so he's like kind of going to go for it. Uh, Although he ends up ultimately, I think, being like, oh, I can't, but it doesn't matter because it, the whole thing was a scam to uh, entrap him. Because Classic honeypot. Classic honeypot, uh, classic pedophile trap. And um, she pulls off her mask and it's, uh, shit, what's his name? Oh, Chris. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, Chris yeah. Hansen. Chris Hansen, yeah. How old do you think this girl is? Um, how, how old do you think I am? How old I don't know, like 50s? Um, Seriously, I'm really trying to work on myself and I, I, I want to look younger I think than he's I become like a YouTube maniac now, by the way. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you spent your entire professional life like tracking down and hunting pedophiles, the last couple yeah. of years, yeah, he's like definitely down a weird Epstein hole. Yeah. Or he might be a QAnon guy. Thank God. Ugh. We should go back to the episode. It had been like two weeks since we talked about FC at the show, and I'm really glad we, we brought it back into the mix. Uh, you have to. I mean, obviously we were going to, yeah. considering like what this the show is about. The show is. Yeah, so um, they do the honeypot. Yeah, they do that, and then he's like, oh no! Uh, and then the kids that took the pictures of him and are like extorting him then get caught by like some gang yeah like at first i was like oh did he call in his gang to like get them but it doesn't seem like that is the it case. doesn't seem like that it's possible that he maybe tipped someone off but i think the implication that you're supposed to get is just that like they were in turf that is they were like in like yeah, yeah. They, that is like commonly fought over by different gangs they were in the demilitarized zone yes um and yeah, so these three hoodlums who are trying to extort him get confronted by this gang of like 50 guys. Like um, multiple gangs too, I believe. There's a bunch of people there. And then Onizuka shows up and everyone's like, wow, it's him, it's the gang legend. He's a gang star. Um, and then all of a sudden Onizuka starts dancing. and Yeah, it's a whole thing. But uh, he's just like, he, he has his shirt off and then a bandana on with two flashlights in it? Yeah. Is that something? I don't know. It looks good. I mean, it, it looks cool. I guess it maybe helps them see a little bit, except they're not facing the right way. Nope. Uh, they're not facing forward, they're facing up. I feel like that might be a thing with like, candles or something. Maybe. I don't know how I would even look that up. Um, if you know, if that's a thing, please tell us. But, and he basically, <laughs> He, like, kind of waterboards them. Uh, or it's more just, like, trying to drown them, I guess. Yeah. He, um, he has uh, all the dudes. The f funniest thing about this, I think, is that, like, everybody in the gangs knows who he is. But these punk teens who are, like, clearly aspiring gang members don't know who he is. And I... I think it's better this way, just in that the, like, scenario is funnier, and I think that the show works better when Onizuka 
is like often disempowered. Uh, but also, it would be funny to like, you know, imagine a version of this where he shows up and all the punks are immediately like, "Oh shit!" And then they like, you know, narc to the principal or whatever. Well, like, but they're young punks. Yeah, yeah he's from the, the, the older generation, the last generation, he's a, a wizened twenty-two-year-old virgin. Yeah, exactly. Which also we have not mentioned. It's very important that Onizuka is a virgin, which I don't think they've I said think in those first, yeah, first. Yeah, episodes. I don't think they mentioned it in those two. He, but he it is important to know that he is yeah. extremely canonically, a which virgin. contributes to the fact that this show, like, once you get over the part where he's just like super horny for children um it feels like old-timey pervert you know in a way that's like kind of like less it's like it's like if you think about what like picture an anime pervert from like the 90s or 80s literally everyone listening to this podcast is currently picturing master roshi every single one or hapasai sure um 90 percent it's like in that I don't know if that's quite right, but he's like, all of his fantasies are like, oh, we're married together and like, I'm rich and I'm just like, oh, hello, darling wife or something. And it's like, what? Yeah, he's like, he's not like, you don't see fantasies of him like seeing people naked really that often. Like, at least in the episodes I've watched, they're just like, he's like teaching and then students write like, oh, Onizuka and whatever, har, har, har. And he's like, oh no, I'm so embarrassed. And like the te other teacher comes in and he's just like, oh my God, I guess we're in love. Yeah, his, his, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like another classic, right? His fantasies are all about like being in a stable and happy relationship that like enables him to sort of live. Like Having a, a, a full mustache and yeah. being rich. And she's like, or like, yeah, marrying someone who's like, the, here are the earnings reports for the, this month. The most erotic, I think, components of his fantasies is like, I believe there's one of them where the, the rich girl is like only wearing an apron maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but even that is like rel relatively tame and it's still couched in this sort of domestic scene. It's like, yeah, it's that old timey anime, like single shot panning with like sparkles and stuff. Yep. Like, that kind of glamour shot. Um, as it, opposed to, like, newer anime where it's just, like, we did a lot of work on making the breasts move in, like, a comical way. Um, this is good, right? This is it? And the, I will say, for the show, the body proportions are not, like, heinous. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, people just look like weird cartoons instead of, like... Well, they're high schoolers, so like they should just look like normal. Well, but people. even the even but, like, the adult, because they're like a couple of adults. Yeah, they're just like normal people. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I think I've talked about this before, and there's like a weird parallel here, but I don't know if it's actually connected to like um, real uh, live action stuff mm -hmm. of like the kinds of people who get on TV compared now compared to like the eighties and nineties. Like attractiveness drift. Yeah. Um, attractiveness, like, um, arms race, creep. kind of. Yeah, creep is the word I'm looking for. And, like, in right, anime... It works on multiple levels. In anime, that kind of feels like a thing sometimes, too. Like, if you look at older stuff, everyone just, like, looks kind of odd, and, like, there's more variance, I feel like, whereas, like, a, some newer stuff is just, like, here are six anime high school girls whose only differences are, like, their hair color, they all have the same, like, face, and their boobs are like slightly different sized. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
I think that pro definitely is a thing, although I also feel like in both cases, a lot of it maybe is the product of like mass production. That's, I think and, so too. And yeah. sort of like settling into not even niches necessarily, but like modes of mass production that have broad appeal. Yeah. Um, and that are like quote unquote relatively safe bets, you know, because they're sort of like appealing to people's ids. Yeah. Uh, no, for sure. It's capitalism. That's why both of those things happen. Yeah. Onizuka says, no cap. The number one lesson from Onizuka is the labor theory of value. Mm. Uh, yeah, but, but definitely I think that's true. And I think that the show definitely does ride that line in a lot of ways. And I totally understand if it's like not for some people. I think that for me, it was like important because I did some reading about it before going in that you like know he does not do he does do pedophilia yeah well he doesn't do pedophilia and also that that he he's like very insensitive and like rude to people a lot but most of the time he just is sort of like fantasizing about being a bastard and mm, generally yeah. speaking is like a good teacher and so really you're just like witnessing his internal attempts to like do bad things and then he can't do them because he's like a good guy and I think there's sort of a myth, like a broader myth, that you could break down around that that's, like, maybe not a good message or whatever. Um, but I think it does create boundaries around the world of the show in a way that makes it a little bit more comfortable to spend time in. Mm. Oh, also, visually, wow, the show is not afraid to make him have an extremely fucked up face. Yes, he His faces get so fucked up. Like, all every reaction shot of him is just, like, the fucking... He's, like, been dried out and turned into a raisin. Mm -hmm. Or, like, his skin has just been all sucked to the middle of his... Like, it's just grotesque. Like, literally grotesque. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible. Like, this is just... the One of the most intense anime reaction shots shows I've ever seen. That's saying quite a bit. There's a it's, lot of very strong anime reaction shots. There's, this is, it's very powerful it's, in the show though. It is, it is, if you have not seen the show, but you watched Adventure Time, there's a lot of stuff yeah. early on in Adventure Time that has a sort of similar. There's like painterly close-ups in yeah. Adventure Time of people's fucked up looking faces. That are, that are like, really grotesquely hyper detailed. Even like, um, and I hate to reference him, but a John Crickfalusi kind of thing that was sort right, of a hot, you know? A who? The, that man I, who? who did the dog who? and cat show. Who? Yeah. Um, he's bad. We all know it. But one of the hallmarks of his style was, you know, the kind of simple um, animation and then like hyper detailed painting close up of something really gross. Um, it's like that. It's good. Yeah, it's very, very good. What, what else did you think about the visual style? Because I feel like I have sort of mixed feelings about it in a lot of ways. It feels a little generic. Mm -hmm. um, for this era, actually, it's probably a little later than the era that I'm thinking of. I really like a real, just like overusing sparkles and like ocean shots and stuff like this in this kind of like era of, of anime. Um, I love some pastel kind of like landscapes of cities and things like that. And I feel like there just isn't, uh, like other than the, the face stuff, I don't feel like the animation is anything special. 
Um, I, I could like the character designs, especially because there are so many bastards. Sure, of course. Like the faces of the students are like so fucked up looking. And, and you haven't even you haven't even met the actual students. No, I only met the students, the first students. Because the actual students, I would say, look a little bit less fucked up. But that makes you know, sense. Thus, you will cannot be characters. You can't be the protagonist. You look like a rhinoceros, like fell into a fucking hydraulic press my man um like no they have severe anime bastard faces for sure um i like that um i don't know i th i just it didn't the animation and like the the direction otherwise other than sort of some of those designs weren't especially memorable to me I think that's fair. I, I don't know. I like struggle with this a little bit because I like love the way Yu Hakusho looks. Like I think it holds up great, and it, it does a lot of sort of you know not quite that kind of close up, uh, but you know there are a lot of bastards and there's a lot of really good action in it, and the character designs are all a lot of fun. And I think that my my suspicion, and I don't know if this is true is I honestly think a lot of it is just the quality of like whatever print or whatever version of it ended up getting uploaded for streaming because I've watched this show uh, in a couple different sources and I think to varying degrees, all of them feel a little bit choppy around the edges. Uh, and I wonder whether they just sort of like had to use, you know, a version of it that had already aired on TV or something that was, like, messed up in it. You know how, like, sometimes the only version of a movie that will get uploaded is, like, kind of fucked up? Um, because it just doesn't look crisp, uh, which I think is, like, a big part of it for me. Like, it, like the boundaries between things, like, are not super present. Uh, which isn't to say that I don't enjoy it, because I do, and also I love, like... All of Onizuka's looks are great. They're like His looks very, are great. Very powerful. Before I forget, I want to talk about the OP. Oh, yeah. Because I really do like the OP. Really? Yeah, it's oh, done in this on. very kind of like minimal black and white style mm -hmm. of um, mostly, I think maybe there's some other stuff in it, but it's just like, um, it looks almost rotoscoped because of the way that the, because it's just like white and, and black. Mm -hmm. um, it's very 90s. It's very, very 90s. It's like a 90s music video. Extraordinarily um, 90s. But yeah, he's just like walking around with, with like no shirt on and then just like painting a target on himself and like firing into a mirror. Um, it's good. I The song is, is pretty... Driver's charming. High. Yeah, Driver's High. Um, it, it, one interesting thing about that animation, I think, is that he looks a lot more realistic. Yeah. Like he looks like a lot less anime in it. And yeah, it's it, like more rotoscoped. Like he's having, his motions are more. He looks cool. I think it's also part cool, of it. Yeah. Cause and I, I, I kind of love that the OP is like, this is a cool guy. This is <laughs> and a real cool dude. Immediately after the OP, he's like, oh boy. Uh, I really like that. It's like very stupid. It feels like the, the team that was making the OP was like, this is a cool guy, right? He's the title character. Yeah, he's the cool guy. He's a cool driver. He's the great teacher. He's great driver on Azuka. Oh, should we talk about great driver on Azuka? Yeah, in episode two, basically. So, 
Wait, the first episode, because he gets that job as a student teacher. Um, yeah, maybe we should just, like, run through He gets the... blackmailed by those kids. Yep. He kicks, he, like, you know, tortures them by holding them underwater. Then they respect him. He gets that whole class to respect him because he, like, kicked their fucking asses. Yeah, and, they're terrified of him. And got out of the whole extortion thing. Um, that girl's really impressed and is like, I'll fuck you in two years. And he's just like... No, 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 that's later. Oh, that's later, yeah. But yes, that's later because... Um, no, then, then he, like, finds her, like, crying on a bridge in the rain or something. Right. Um, and they have another conversation where she talks about how, like, oh, my parents are so rich, they don't talk anymore, it's so difficult. They have, they have separate rooms They have separate house. rooms with a big cold wall between it's, them. It's sort of a metaphor, you know. Yeah, and uh, so his solution is he shows up at their house with no shirt and a huge sledgehammer and is just like... He looks very cool. He does look very cool. Is he smoking here too? I I believe he does. He's just like, hey, what's up? I'm a cool guy with a sledgehammer. I mean, he just like... One of the things I think is interesting about the show, and I think this is related to this, is like he keeps talking about how he has no uh, prospects. And I think there is a moment maybe in one of the episodes where they like are at a a restaurant and they see a bunch of people like staring at him from another table i think you're supposed to get the implication the the um you're supposed to infer that basically like were he not doing this he almost certainly would get yakuza Mm -hmm. because right there there's like that scene where he's eating with the other student teachers and they're like well if this doesn't work out those other scouts are looking at you i think is what happens in that scene and also, um, and also, in in with the sledgehammer, he just like looks like he's gonna fucking break someone's leg. He's because like, they didn't pay their he's in like a yakuza game, and yeah. he's like, "Ah, oh, Kiryu, Onizuki, you gotta help us build this construction thing. All our guys called in sick. You gotta hammer all these posts." Then I I don't know a ton about those games, but from what I do know about them, it seems like Onizuka would actually fit in quite well. I think he probably would. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, and he's like, "Hey, I'm a teacher. Let me in your house because I'm gonna smash one of your walls down." I hope that wasn't a load-bearing wall. No, he says, wait, well, he doesn't tell them he's going to break down no, the wall No, he just first. walks in. But then he breaks it down. And then and then uh, the, the girl says, and I, I made a note to write this down. Mr. Onazuka, tear down this wall. Uh, and and he does. He tears down the wall. But he doesn't even tear the whole thing down. He just makes a he just big makes hole. makes a big hole, and then they get it fixed. And, uh... The girl's like, oh yeah, like after you knocked down the wall, they actually talked. They were so mad, but then they talked. But then they fixed the wall, and now they don't talk anymore again. Although I will, the like, that scene I actually find really surprisingly poignant. Like there's specifically a movement in it where she's like, after that, we all just like talked for a long time. And there's no specificity in it, but just like the way that the animation does their poses, like the way, because they're all sitting on the floor in front of the hole. And like, even just from that one image and line of dialogue, you like, at least for me, you like get the sense of what kind of conversation that is, right? This like, well, like all the tension has gone out, everyone's just gonna sit and like be honest about their feelings in a way that they have not been in a really long time. And like, maybe that will be good in the long term, maybe it won't be as good in the long term, but it will be sort of like honest and cathartic in a way. Um, and maybe I'm like reading too much uh, into you know the show about. Did a man come to your house and knock yeah. down a wall when you were in school 
and then your family all have like a an important emotional conversation. But it, it, it for it works for me. It's like a big yeah. like tonal zag, and it it works really. It's cool better because than it should. yeah, it's like that's also not what you expect to happen. Yeah, well, even just the wall thing, like he has every reason to like hate this the student. Um, I mean, even though he was being a creep, um, it doesn't, it didn't seem like at the end he, he was just like, uh, oh no. Um, but yeah, well, she, she tries to, she like genuinely the second time I think tries to, to yeah. fuck him and, and he's, he's like, like I know. nah dog. He's um, like, I've internalized the values of the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've completed my training. Yeah. He has like no reason to. To help this person. But he's um, her he's your teacher. But he's your teacher. And that means something. That means you go to their house and you smash this wall down with a sledgehammer and possibly get the police this, called on this, you. This is a very good introduction to Anazuka's teaching style throughout the rest of yeah. the show. It's like very much how he solves problems. That's yeah, it's like a dead poet society if Robin Williams came to your house with a sledgehammer. I would honestly love for Robin Williams. I'm gonna tear down the wall. Uh, yeah, that's the first episode. It's, we count it as two because it's like 45 minutes long and I feel like that's fair to other shows. Um, second episode is like, so he doesn't, or like his student teacher job like ran out or something? Well, cause you only do it for a certain It's like time. two weeks or something. It, you or like, yeah, you yeah. do it for a certain amount of time. And then he- Wait, also wait, before we get into this, can we talk about the other student teachers? Oh God, We yeah. should talk about the other, cause there's the one that he- His friend. Yeah, well, it's, he doesn't know this guy. He just like meets this guy randomly. Wait, is it the guy who picks him up on the motorcycle? So that he's not one of the student teachers. That, oh, guy, right. that guy is his like partner in the gang. Oh yeah, yeah, owns yeah. a motorcycle shop. Okay. Um, and I think that's like a big part of Onizuka's like anxieties around, you know, him not having a job and like wanting to be something because, you know, say what you will about, uh, I'm trying to remember what his, what his name is. Um, uh, Ryuji. Uh, uh, Ryuji, like, you know, oh, he's, like, an adult or whatever. He's, like, selling out. A lot of the scenes in the show are just, like, sort of him. He's, like, at his motorcycle shop, and he's just, like, kids. Uh, you know, he's, like, very old spiritual, even though he's the same age as Onizuka. But he's, like, doing this thing that they love, right? Like, he, they both, like, love motorcycles, and Onizuka talks about how he went to a trade school and got, like, certified to work on motorcycles because he cares about them so much. Uh, and, and I think that that is, like, the energy that Onizuka tries to bring to, like, teaching. Uh, but no, I was talking about the other guy, the one who wears, like, the blazer with his sleeves pushed up, and the, the teacher yeah, underneath, yeah. the one who's like, <laughs> I love student teaching, because you can heavy pet, uh, the uh, girls. <laughs> uh, he gets fired from student teaching for, you know, molesting a child. Um... But then there are the other ones and the other the other student teachers that also is like another moment, I think, of weird, like very specific emotional honesty in the show. Because at first, a bunch of them are like, haha, we hate students. It's better for us to just like punch the clock and then get out because otherwise we're gonna be liable. And it, it sort of has the flavor of like, you know how so many like Hollywood things have jokes about like unions, mm -hmm. making sure that people don't work. It's like that, I yeah. think. Um, Damn unions. Yeah. Where's the Onibaku union? 
Uh, where's the gang even? I guess that's literally the mafia. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's organized actually, crime. That's actually organized crime. Really that's, organized. that's why they call it organized crime. We just figured that one out. Yeah, Damn. They, they, I regret to inform you that <laughs> my crime family has organized. Nice. Uh, that is also very the plot of Golden Wind. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, why a, they call it a union. A rebel caucus, the Bucciarati Union, is what they're calling it. Um, but. Yeah, and, and, like, at the end of the student teaching, uh, and also there's, like, that one lady who's, like, not anime hot, who's just like, I love my students, oh, yeah. and all the other ones are like, shut up! Like, the weird, um, like, what's that Charlie Brown character? Marcy? Yeah, she has, like, a little bit of Marcy vibe. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the student teaching period, her students have made her this, like, extremely elaborate card with all their names written on it, saying how much they love her. And she's like crying and everyone else is like, shut up. Um, I don't know. I, I like appreciated that mini arc that those characters go on. Cause it's like, they're not going to show up again. None oh, of those really? characters show up again. Oh, None okay. Of those wow. Show up again. No. I thought they would be like maybe recurring characters. Nope. No, I don't think so. Maybe they, I don't think so. Um, yeah. Cause in episode two, He's just like, oh, being a student teacher is great. Time to get a job as a teacher. Well, he, he thinks he's going to get a job at that school. Right. Because um, it's, it's a public school. And then it turns out that, oh, you need to do an exam. And he's like, I don't need to do an exam. And then the news comes on and is like, you have to do an exam. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. On Zuka, you have to do an exam to be a teacher. It's like, that's a weirdly specific news report. Hey, you cheat on So then he's like, well... Oh, it turns out, but I can still teach as a, as a private school. Well, no, he gives up. Oh, true. He gives up and gets extremely drunk, and then Ryuji is like, I heard that you can still teach at private schools because the privatization of education mm -hmm. is based on uh, stripping away the government's ability to standardize and mm -hmm. make sure that people like, learn things in the same yeah. ish ways. Definitely. Which So he talks about that a lot, and then he like weirdly talks about like Horace Mann for a while, huh. which, is, which is weird. But he does eventually give uh, Onizuka the contact for this private school, uh, uh, Holy Forest Academy, and he's like taking the bus. I don't know why he takes the bus to the interview. Maybe it's just like would be weird for him to take his motorcycle. I, don't I think know. it would seem, yeah. But I don't think he's thoughtful enough about that stuff though. Uh, so. But it's important that he's on he the goes bus to this for, interview, for and there's like the classic thing of like. You know, he like opens the door to the interview. No, you, well, we haven't even seen. I know. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay, a sorry, classic sorry. thing. Sorry, I'm, I I step I step on your description of the bed. Uh, sorry. He opens the door to the interview and sees this guy, who in the earlier scene, he had kicked his ass for, uh, putting his face next to a woman's ass on the bus. Not just any woman. Uh, no, but another teacher. Another woman who's applying to find be a teacher at that school, and um, yeah, he like gets off the bus with this guy and he's like, "This, I, my name is like, Azuki just, just to be clear, I live at this address. I'm like, you can find me here on these days. Um, <laughs> this is my mother's maiden name. Uh, my, my my social security. Um, here are several photos of me taken at varying degrees of flattering angles." Uh, yeah, so it's that classic thing of like he he does that to that guy, and then he he winds up tables have turned, and he's interviewing with this man who just abuses him verbally, and he's like, "You're trash," 
you should teach at middle school. No, elementary school. Uh, no. no, he doesn't say you should teach. He says you should go to middle school. Oh, okay, yeah. He said you should fill out an application to, like, be a middle school student because he also points out that Onizuka has misspelled quite a few things on his application. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, this is Vice Principal Uchiyamada. Uh, Uchiyamada, I would say, is the uh, primary antagonist uh, of uh, GTO. Okay. He, you, you learn later on uh, in the show that he basically only cares about one thing in life, which is his Toyota Cresta. He like loves his Toyota Cresta, and of course Onizuka destroys it constantly. And Onizuka! He, he, he literally is that oh guy. He literally is that guy. So it's, he's just the dean. He's just the dean. He's just the dean. He's like, Onizuka! The other thing that you learn about him is that he's in an extremely unhappy marriage. Uh, and I, 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 mostly he's just like sad because like the sort of like love has gone out of his marriage. Uh, and his dog hates him and his wife hates him and his daughter hates him and everyone shits on him constantly. And the only thing that gives him any sense of value is his Toyota Cresta. Uh, he's he's not like a fully antagonistic character because I think the show is sympathetic to him, but he certainly is the person who is the most frequent obstacle to Onizuka. Um, he's very very fun. Love Uchiyamada. He, God, what a great dude. Um, the other character, uh, Azusa Fuyutsuki, uh, related of course to Fuyutsuki uh, from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, is the other main character of the show. Uh, so she she will end up teaching a different class. There's like a whole arc about how none of the girls in her class like her because she's too hot, which is extremely funny because all the boys in the class have crushes on her and the girls are like, this sucks, we hate the boys of course the teacher. And like that's how that conflict manifests itself for some reason. Um... And she notably, uh, after this incident happens, she goes to Ryuji's bike shop to try to get in touch with Onizuka. Uh, he's left to become great driver on Onizuka. Yeah. In the meantime, somehow in the course of this like one day, he has applied for and gotten a job as a, as a truck driver. With, but it's like he's like a trainee truck driver. Okay, yeah, because there's like two people, and the, there's like another guy in the truck. Also, he's like immediately changed his look. Like he's grown in his stubble, has like a cool bandana, and is like wearing like a he's a wearing shirt. I think he's wearing aviator. And he's just like, yeah, I'm I'm great driver on Azuka now. <laughs> and he's like, GDO. Yeah, and and the the other driver's like, weren't you trying to become a teacher? And he's like. I've left that behind me. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was like six hours, like three I'm hours ago. I'm going to drive on Azuka now. Uh, it's very, very good. He He's like pretty far outside of Tokyo. Like eight hours away, apparently. Yeah. And he gets a call uh, from Ryuji on uh, on his cell phone. It's yeah, he has his cell phone. Yeah, it's, yeah he has a cell phone. Big old... Uh, yeah. And, and uh, is told that he can get an interview to become a teacher at Holy Forest, immediately turns the truck around and does if a If he gets drinks. back in By six, six hours. Yeah. No, it's three hours. It is, I believe it is oh, 3 yeah, p.m. Yeah. Uh, when he gets this phone call. So if he can get back by six, uh, he will get this job. Uh, and he super doesn't, although we have forgotten the part where um, after the interview with that with the principal or vice principal, um, these three, oh my God, these three hooligans come back yeah. to threaten the vice principal 
because they were expelled. And uh, he's, he's like, oh, Nezuka, if you fight these guys, I might consider getting you a job. And, um, and it's funny because at first you're like, oh, I guess oh, he's this gonna... is how he gets the job. Yeah, because he, he, right. he beat up those other delinquents in the other episode. Yeah, so he'll do that again and get the job. But then he hears the vice principal calling them the same things that he they called or that he called him, and it's just like they're like he's like you're trash, they're all trash, get them. And so instead he grabs to a hierarchical caste system. The vice principal and fucking suplexes him, and it's just like you can't talk to people like they're things. And uh, the person who check said, yourself who appears to be the lunch lady. Possibly, or works in the school store. Under I think he, he thinks that she works in the school store. Is like witnesses this whole thing, and it's just like it's oh? like wow, what great suplexes you do. Hmm. And uh, it turns out to be her who um, offered him the job. Yes, she is the chairman of the school, which uh, Uchi Yamada references earlier, where he's like. I fucking hate that the chairman of the school has de-emphasized resumes. Oh yeah, so because that's why clowns like you yeah. can get interviews. Yeah, uh, because what she values is being able to do a fucking sick, nasty suplex, which she does say to him. She tells him she's like, "I decided to hire you when I saw your German suplex because, believe it or not, there is no." <laughs> term for German suplex. I I love I love your German suplex and I wanted to give you a shot because I am a huge fan of things that are German if you get my drift. Um uh and then while she's like talking to him, he's like doing the suplex move, like he's doing like a bridge on his back, and she's like, oh may I sit down? He's like, of course. And she just like sits down on his stomach and is like, so yeah, basically <laughs> Um, and yeah, she's like, I want to hire Onizuka to like, to teach that class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got, he's going to teach the delinquents. He's going to suplex them all. All right, class, line up to be suplexed. One by one. That's how he takes role. Great suplexer Onizuka. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's, so, so you have not even met, uh, met his class, but I'm curious, like, what... Are there things that you would like to know about where... Does, so, I assume, like, there's, like, a variety of students in his class, and they all have, like, different troubles or something. Yeah. Like, personal issues that he, like, sort of helps them with yes. through various suplexes or, like, hammers or uh, things like that. Yes. Like, does he teach the nerd to be more confident? I think he does, yeah. yeah. But that's, like, way later, I think. A lot of them are, like, different types of bullies. Okay, and he's like, you gotta stop doing this! Yeah, or he, like, channels their bullies uh, into sort of, like, more produ- bullying into more productive means. Ah, uh, I see. The, the, the funniest thing, my favorite thing that happens with the students... So, you spend, like, th- this series is, like, 43 episodes, so it goes for a while. You spend a lot of time with the kids, um... And the, like, third or fourth to last episode, I think, like, pretty late, they do their beach episode, because, of course, you're going to do beach yeah, episode. of course. And the entire beach episode is uh, Onizuka trying to, like, pair up his students because he's decided which ones he ships. God. Also, yeah, at some point he decides that he's going to just hook up with his students' hot moms. Which he does not do. Okay. Uh, he, he that is, is like, still very funny, though. Yes. It's very funny that he decides to do that, but he very much is a virgin by the end of the series. Still a virgin by the end of the series. Um, and, and, like, of course, he sort of has this, like, 
budding relationship with Fuyutsuki, um, that, like, neither of them are, like, really willing to admit, both because Onizuka is afraid of intimacy, and because I think quite reasonably, uh, Fuyutsuki is afraid of admitting that she has affection for Onizuka, uh, because I think if I knew an Onizuka and was attracted to them, I would not say so. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, that, you know, he, he changes the lives of all of the students in the class, and you meet some of their parents, you learn more about a lot of the teachers' lives, um, and Onizuka becomes a, a better teacher. Um, God, there is, I, I, I'll describe one student for you. Okay. Uh, there is a, there is a student who is, like, the sort of, like, horny, like, you know, Yabos teen, uh, but she is, like, not very smart, uh, and Onizuka, like, realizes that she is not that smart and enters her into a beauty contest, uh, and then she, like, becomes an extremely successful actress and pop star, just, like, basically by accident through, like, Onizuka setting her up with a series of, like, weird gigs. Oh my god. Um... And it's, it, which is, like, very good. She she has, like, a, 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 you know, he, like, gets her, like, a manager and, like, TV producers. Like, it's very silly. And then they're just like, oh, great, I guess Tomoko is, like, very successful now. And Onizuka's like, yep. Cool. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, uh, very funny, weird things. There are also, the whole class, like, hates teachers. They all hate teachers. And it's, like, a big... They, like, don't reveal why until the end of the series. Did a teacher, like, fucking kill a student or something? I don't remember if he kills one of the students or if he, like, actually does, like, fuck one of the students and then, like, lies about it or something. It's, like, very much, like, you get to that point and, like, that teacher that they hate is, like, the anti-Onizuka. He's, like, the Onizuka who, like, does all the shit that Onizuka, like, thinks about. Oh, I see. But, like, of course, they... The anti-Zuka. Yeah, the anti-Zuka. Uh, but, you know, they, they love they love Onizuka and his weird teaching ways, and they love his sledgehammer. Like, hey, teach. He's like, hey, it's me, Onizuka. He's a great teacher. That's what it says in the title of the show. Um, what other stuff do we want to talk about in the show? I feel like we covered most of we it. We did cover a lot of it. Um, uh, are you, what, what, uh, where, where are we right now? Are you, what are you thinking about watching uh, more of this? I might. Um, I don't see this as a show that I feel the need to power through, but like, if you put it on, I would probably watch more of it. This is like a show I would definitely just get high and like watch and be like, oh man, Anazuka, no, you can't do that. And then- Oh, he did it! Oh, he did it! (laughs) Yeah. Word. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, maybe then we should, we should, use that question to pivot into talking about what we're going to be doing for our, or sort of what we're going to be doing for our next episode. Um, yeah, it'll be our 20th episode and a huge milestone. Yeah. The cherry Jubilee. It won't, uh, uh, technically the podcast will not quite be able to legally drink, but we're in that gray area where, like, where it's like, if we wanted to give it alcohol, it's probably fine. It's probably okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're just gonna like look back. Um, not in anger though. 
Well, so let's be more specific. When we started the show, we had a mission. And the mission was that I would make you watch three episodes of a show, and then you would tell me if you were going to watch more of it. Uh, and I think what we are going to do uh, is go through the shows that we've done for, uh, for this podcast, uh, talk about the ones that you liked and the ones you didn't like, and figure out which ones you have watched or, or not watched, and then figure out whether that means I need to recalibrate my selection. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Anime Jubilee. And potentially there will be some measure of death. We will like refinance your anime loans. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Based on current rates. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, listen, I got to talk to the manager. Uh, they're like really on our asses about making sure that the like EPRs are really mm-hmm. specific. It's just like, you know, the anime podcast ratio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> common, common loans. Uh, also, I have shows that I want. Yes, and us to and, watch. and you you want to like bring more heat to the the selection process. Well, I there are at least a couple of shows that I have seen that you have not. That's true. That I think we're gonna do as we move into the third decade of the third podcast decade. Yeah, show. into into uh, yeah phase phase two. Um, the Roaring Twenties. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll do those, and then maybe, do we want to talk about, like, the thing we've been talking about doing, and then, I don't know if we want to, like, see how people would feel about it, or if we just want to, like, fucking do it. The, the, uh, the miniseries that we've been... Oh, we've been kicking around the idea of doing a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure mini-series. We talk about the show all the time. I've seen most of it. Eric's seen all of it. I've read all the manga, though, so I know... Yeah, you know more. You maybe you know more about it than I do. Yeah, I mean, like, I've... Well, I haven't read part eight at all, because I was like, I'll just wait for it to end. <laughs> 20 years later. Uh, and, uh... There's a lot of show there. Well, there's a and... lot of show, and specifically, I think you enjoy... Uh, attempting to explain it to people. I've had varying degrees of success explaining it to people, and I think it's sort of its own pursuit, is trying to explain what that show is about. Because it is such, like, a memed thing now that I think a lot of people are aware of it, but don't necessarily... Like, haven't actually necessarily seen it, and also Siri has been on this whole time. Uh, Siri's like, I'm about to fucking jump out this window, what are you guys doing? (laughs) She's very sick. She's been, um, she's been absorbing all of this power. Yeah, she's going to go rampant, uh, just like Cortana. But nice. So what we were thinking we might do is have a different guest for every part of JoJo. Because you can't, you can't know what the whole series is about by watching one part. And the parts are in ways kind of self-contained anyway. They have like similar concepts and some characters who carry over and the story carries over to some degree, but... Also, I would argue that that no matter which one you start with, everything is like at relatively, more or less the same level of incoherence. Like... Yeah. 
you sort of have to do JoJo exposure therapy for a while before you're like, uh-huh. ah, yes, I understand what this is, and like I'm super vibing on it now. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it matters necessarily which one you're exposed to. So first. we might do that pretty soon. Um, just go through all currently aired five parts of the show. There are, yeah, there are five parts. Part six has not, I don't think, been, I don't it think has not been announced yet. yet. No. Um, we talked about that last week? We did, we did. Probably will happen at some point, but who knows when. It's just going to be be me making like a little flip book. Just get one to that's, do it. That's better. And I don't it. mean to animate it. I mean just like just draw like, yeah. stills um, of JoJo characters looking incredibly sick. <laughs> incredibly ovular. Purely yeah, an art style that is directly opposed just to the Iraqi, yeah. The Iraqi ethos. Yeah, so uh, we'll probably have more Yeah, if, if that's a, let us let soon. us know if that's a thing that you're interested in. Tentatively, uh, I think we tentatively have to call it Eric and Merritt's Bizarre Adventure. I don't know if that's like too obvious or if we need to like come up with something better. I mean... Yeah, no, that's it's. A it's just that is the title of the show. Uh, it's an excellent adventure for sure. JoJo's excellent adventure. Bill yeah. and Ted's bizarre adventure. Is this anything? It's almost well, certainly it, a t-shirt. It's almost certainly a t-shirt, but also it is important to note that the character John Wick uh, is uh, technically a JoJo. John Wick is like not his birth name. They oh. like show his his. Is his, it like John Jovanovich or something, something like that? Yeah. It, he is a tech, uh, canonically a JoJo. Hell yeah. Which makes sense. His, his stand is a pe- is the pencil, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, but very excited about that. A lot of possibilities. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about this more uh, on the next one, but I have been enjoying doing this a lot, and I'm excited to dig even deeper into what the vast stores of anime have to, to give us. Yeah, so... Um... Go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts to hear all our other shows. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. Eric is at Eric Thurm. I'm at Mary Kay. And uh, until next week, what do we always say? Uh, we'll see you in the shower. Bye. Bye.